we, we spoke to so many athletes when we did those interviews and it was just like the, the one thing that was always common was, man, we wish more people could put eyes on this, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that's all it takes. Honestly, B-Dub, all it takes is more eyes on that sport. Somebody to be like, wow, I want to be like this person. Oh, wow, man, I, I got I got a couple mil that I can spend on owning a team and funding a team and and getting a team, a WNBA team to Boston. Right. Like, why not? Right. Like grow the sport allow more people to see the sport. And, and I promise you the, the funds that people say aren't there, they'll show up. They'll show up. What up, it's your boy Blue Magic, owner of Fully Aware and one half of the mixed tag show. Now I know you've seen the announcement for some of your favorite podcasts in the wrestling. I've decided to expand my business to become a vendor so that people from the wrestling community have a better way to communicate with some of their favorites. So check out foryourware.com and see if your favorite podcast on wrestling has partnered up with me. If not, let them know that they should. Also, if you're looking for a vendor for your merchandise, reach out to me at Blue Magic Grind, Spellhouse Sound on Twitter and Instagram, or at For Your Wear, F-O-R-U-R-W-E-A-R, on Twitter and on Instagram. Shout out to Brian H. Waters and Breaking Through Glass Cellar. Their merchandise are already up, and they're one of the first ones that supported, so go support them. All right? It's been almost nine years since I started at ESPN. And I say time flies. But the beauty of that is that I've met a lot of great people that will remain in my life forever. You can see that by checking out many episodes of this podcast. Today's guest is another former ESPN colleague of mine, a good brother by the name of Luis Sanchez. Luis and I, not only were we colleagues but we were also neighbors in bristol connecticut so we spent a lot of time working together but also hanging out after work one of the things that i always respected about him was the fact that he was always determined to do what he wanted to do and wanted and that being working in women's sports he created his brand my w sports which highlights and covers women's sports the way they should be And when he left ESPN, he was able to take his brand to a new level. So we talk about that. We also talk about his time working as a dean, helping kids at a charter school who may be misunderstood. And then we also talk about his 10 year broadcasting career. So ladies and gentlemen, here is my conversation with Luis Sanchez. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I have a good friend of mine, one of my best friends from the four letter, the one, the only, the women's sports connoisseur, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Luis Sanchez. Luis, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How are you, B-Dub? It's good. It's good good to be here, man. It's like I've seen so many people bless these uh, airwaves and now I get to be with you, sit down and catch up. So I like that. Yeah, man. Appreciate you uh, coming through, man. It's been, man, it's been such a long time. Uh, you know, obviously a long time since we've seen each other in person, but, you know, uh, we was talking before we got the recording, uh, like, you know, during the pandemic, man, we was uh, all holding each other down with the uh, MLB The Show that year. <laughs> we had we had a nice little lead there. I think it was like six people. We had yeah. a little rotation on schedule, making sure people were playing their games. Mm-hmm. It was good. And then I, I think after the first season, people realized the competition. I think when I mean people, I mean I realized the competition was a lot better <laughs> than uh, than I had anticipated. So I guess I, guess I, I quiet quit the MLB, <laughs> the MLB game. 
But, but it was funny because the cool part was that you did bring a community together because, you know, the group chat is still active. Shout out to MLB 2020 uh, <laughs> as listed in my iPhone, uh, you know, because we don't do green bubbles around here. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of good people, you know, and then, you know, we all see each other, you know, every now and again, there's a chat that go through, you know, it'll definitely be fun as we get ready to record before the playoffs get ready to start. So I'm pretty sure there'll be some trash talking. I know some Dodgers fans in there. Um, what's the guy's name? Because I could not beat him for nothing. Was it Justin or Justin? Yes, player? Justin was good. Justin, yeah, Justin, Justin, yeah. Justin had a squad. Yeah, he did. But, he did. But no, you're right. I think I think the cool thing about that is like it's like you're saying is like every once in a while you get like, hey, yo, congratulations on this, or like, mm-hmm. oh, yo, good job on winning the you know winning the championship. This it's like. It, it, we don't have to keep in touch every single day, but it's like every once in a while somebody sends a message to that group, and you're like, "Oh, okay, what's up, man? I hope you hope you guys yeah. doing well." You know, exactly, man. How you feeling before we get started talking about your career and stuff? I'm good, man. Honestly, I'm good. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. I think you know we grow up thinking that things come a lot easier, and then you get to be an adult and you got to put in the work and. Uh, you know, you get humbled by certain things, you learn lessons, and as long as you take those lessons and you keep going and keep applying them, I think think you are right. So I know we were talking ahead of time, you know, it's it's good to find that happiness, you know, it's good to find the things yeah. that make you happy and and just do them, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely freaking <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, let's get started, man. Now, the thing that I learned about you when we first met in the cold <laughs> cold bristol bristol connecticut was your uh, start into sports was actually through security and and vending right you know um you got to work with your favorite team those boston red sox i don't hate the red sox Sox. (laughs) well i like they're in last place so that you can't hate them is that why that's that way that sounded so good oh See, I don't. I don't have to say it again. You could just cut that and repeat it and, and play it back. <laughs> I know, right? But um, yeah, you got started there. Now, while you were there, right? How much of an itch did you get to be on the broadcast or the production side? Well, the cool thing about working at Fenway's uh, when I got started as a, as a vendor, the the home plate vending location was right, literally by the Red Sox clubhouse. So when mm-hmm. I was coming into work, you'd see like. Don Arcillo or Jerry Remy kind of chilling by the Red Sox clubhouse. And so Jerry, Jerry Remy, you know, he got, you know, he just passed away and and thoughts and condolences, but he was a longtime broadcaster, former player for the Red Sox. And he's out there, you know, hours before a game outside of the clubhouse, just talking to players when they came in. Um, So for me, that was, that was cool. And I got to see Manny. I got to see David Ortiz. I got to see them grow as players. Uh, and I think for me, the cool thing was see them outside of baseball, right? Like to see them coming in to work, right? Talking to their kids when they were coming in, stopping by the Dunkin' Donuts stand I was working at, um, getting to meet athletes at a young age, getting to meet broadcasters at a young age and kind of like seeing them work, uh, hearing them work. For me, it, it led to like, yeah, it led to like, okay, that's that's a possibility one day. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, when I, when I went to college, I didn't you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a sports broadcaster. You know, I, I went to college. I wanted to be a, a CPA for Deloitte. You know, I wanted to work for one of these oh, wow. big five corporations and be an accountant and go to Dubai and spend money on cars. And and then things quickly changed, you know. What, what was it that changed and what led you to wanting to get into broadcasting? 
Uh, man, that's a good one. I, I really want to do music when I got to BC um, yeah. as like a club thing, as something to kind of, you know, fill my time. I, I got accepted into the business school. So that was like step one was when I got to BC, like I'm in the business school, like it's it's a really good business school. Um, but I, I during clubs day, I was trying to be a DJ. I was like, let me go find, you know, the radio station. And they didn't they didn't play like hip hop and R&B. They played like indie music and underground music. And I was like, OK. And I was going to walk away and somebody was like, hey, are you interested in sports? And I had played sports my entire life. I mean, I grew up a baseball fan. I, I was a captain of my basketball team. Like sports were just life for me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so they were like, hey, yeah, you can sign up. You'll broadcast games. You can cover games. And then they were like, hey, you could also write for the newspaper. And I was like, no, I don't really feel I'm not a writer. You know, I'm not I'm, I'm good at storytelling, but I'm not good at writing. So so I signed up and like during the first the first, uh, you know, first I don't know, meeting, they were just like, hey, like, you know, we want you guys to like kind of do the sports as you would and, and get out there. And whether it's a women's sports, whether it's like a, you know, a club sport, we just, we just want you guys to get the exposure. Um, and I'll never forget this guy, Tim Shanahan. He's still he works for MLB Network now. He was my sports director my freshman year. And he was just like, man, we don't have a lot of people like you here. So I hope you stay with it. And, wow. and I know exactly what he meant. I know exactly mm. what he meant. He didn't mean it in any negative tone, but I knew exactly what he meant. And from that day on, I was like, look, I want to I want I want to be a sports director here. I want to be the first Latino sports director at Boston College, you know. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then once I got involved, it just it snowballed. I mean, it's funny because October 2nd, 20, uh, 2008. So about 14 years ago this month, <sighs> that's, that's when I first got my first broadcast. Wow. You remember the game? You remember like- I remember the game. I remember the score. I remember I said like four things throughout the entire broadcast. I was petrified. I was, I was just, I was scared. But it was, yeah, it was October 2nd, uh, Boston College women's soccer against the University of Miami. And BC won that game four to one. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was four to one. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was four to one. Now, you, you said it was a women's soccer game. When did your love for women's sports start? Oh, early on. I mean, okay. uh, for me, Cheryl Swoops was one of the first people I saw. I mean, even Brandy Chastain. I was watching that World Cup as a nine-year-old. You know, like when I saw Brandy Chastain score that game-winning PK, and she's out there celebrating, and then and then she was on the cover of I think it was Sports Illustrated. So, so a lot of these female athletes that I guess you and I we grew up in in our lifetime, they were they were kind of on on some things. They were on magazines. They were on commercials and. So it wasn't for me when I got to like covering sports in college, it was like, who wants to cover women's sports? I was like, I'll cover it. It's a sport. You know, I was like, why? Oh, nobody wants to cover women's sports. Why? Cause, cause it's women's sports, you know, like, so, mm -hmm. so I did them all. And, and I did women's hockey from like the, the control room. I did women's basketball from court side. I did soccer from on top being cold and on November night, you know, like for me, it didn't matter for me. It was like, I was covering sports. It didn't matter if it was male, female, it just, they were athletes out there playing the sports that I love to watch. And, and some of them I got to know, you know, I didn't, I didn't know too much about soccer. I knew soccer, but I didn't know too much about it. And I got to learn more about the game. Same thing with like field hockey and lacrosse, you know? Yeah, man. Now, um, let's shift you 2013, you go to the four letter <laughs> and, and, and you was there. We started July, right? Yeah. July. Yeah. Yeah. So you started j July to me starting in September and the first thing I remember, because if you remember, um, my first day you wasn't there, and then that Friday when I just assumed I was gonna be working by myself, because like no, our schedule is like Sunday through Thursday, 
uh you was there and that was really the chance where we really got to like talk and i was like and it just like clicked but one of the things the first thing i remember was you said you wanted to own your own women's sports network um when you so before we get into my w sports what was it like when you first arrived to the campus at in bristol connecticut uh it's a dream come true uh mm-hmm. I think the the first time I went down there, they, they get you down there for like a pre like a pre interview, like an in person interview, and we yep. were in a in a quad of four, uh, and, and our boy Quincy, Quincy was in uh in in Shout my out group. Quincy. Shout out to Quincy. Quincy was in my group, and man, I remember. And oh, and J- I think Jasmine was in that group too. We all. Oh wow. Out. Yeah, I think it was a good. It was a good like sixteen of us, and we were in in quads of four, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I, all I remember was like going to the campus and feeling like, all right, this is in the middle of nowhere. Like this isn't LA. This isn't Boston. This isn't New York. Like where are the sidewalks? Where's, where's like, where's just life? Where are people? That was the first thing I thought about. Literally. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned about, oh, I'm going to get this job or anything. It was literally like, where am I? Like Mm. in the middle of nowhere, Connecticut. Um, and then I got inside, I got inside the campus and I was like, oh, this is college. This is college on steroids. This is literally, if you want to be an undergrad in like a sports specific college, like you got a calf, you've got gyms, you've got people who are just willing to talk about sports anywhere you go, you know, like, yeah. uh, for me, it was, it was a dream come true. I'm a kid who, you know, grew up in the inner city, I, literally my mom kicked me out when I was 13. I was out on the streets. I didn't think going to college was a thing. So having a job at ESPN would have never, never crossed my mind, right? And, and I'm down there and I'm just like, I got to nail this interview. And, and I did, and I nailed it and I got the job and I moved down from Boston. It was the first time I left Boston. And like, just first time I, I, was, I was gone from the state of Massachusetts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I got down there and I just wanted to do everything right. You know, I wanted to, any job that I got down there, I wanted to make sure that I learned it. I mastered it. I passed it on and just kept, just kept going, you know, and that was kind of my goal when I got down there. Yeah, man. And, and you know, one of the things I want to publicly say is, you know, I appreciate you. Um, when I got there uh, last week on here, we had Lucas Haskins and, you know, Lucas and I both went, you know, come from the Maryland area and, you know, we was all in the sales quality control group together. Shout out to Audra. Shout out to uh, John Rosenberg as well. Sales QC. Sales QC, man. <laughs> and I remember getting there not knowing what the heck is a sales QC. And, you know, you had to watch the games or watch the events. I like doing the events. It was, I mean, the uh, studio shows. It was much easier. But I want to give a shout out to you because, like I said, you know, that transition, you made it you know, easy, helping me understand, okay, look, this is, look, it's work, but we're going to have some fun while we're here. We all from a different state. I didn't go away to college. I went to Morgan State, you know, lived at home. So that was like, I, I, when LeBron said that going to Miami was like college, I felt it. <laughs> I, I, I felt it, man. But, you know, and, and the cool thing was, was uh, when, when, the, when Xbox One came out, and by this time, we, <laughs> you live next door. Yeah. And, you know, we could sit there and, and just, you know, have fun outside of work as well. You know, so I, I definitely want to appreciate that. Appreciate you for that. Uh, one side note, I'm going to drop this uh, nugget here to everybody. 
when I found out my daughter was born uh, on the way, um, I uh, told uh, I told Luis, and it was like this one. So let's 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 get real. <laughs> let, 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 let's get real because I had a couple moments where Luis was like my personal psychologist. <laughs> Before we go into the happy moment, we'll go into the angry moment. There was one night, came home from work, and I was angry. It was this producer. He knew exactly who I'm talking about. I do. He gave everybody the blues. And when I tell y'all I was mad, I, I'll just tell y'all this. I had to do the Cubs and Cardinals game that night. And he was like, well, I specifically said I was looking for this, looking for that. And I'm like, you mother. And you know what's funny, though? What it was funny is what I'm about to tell you. I seen this dude at NABJ in uh, Miami in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't speak. But um, and, and I remember thinking, like, what's he here? What what is he Why here? Is he? <laughs> and, and somebody said they went up to him and said, you know, you're one of them faces that you'll never forget. <laughs> but uh, I, I came home and, and I talked to Luis. And before I went in the house, you know, because I didn't want to take the anger in the house. And, you know, he was a good brother, you know, just sitting there. It's like, look, man, I understand. We all have been through it. Just keep pressing. You got this. And And, and, and that's the beauty of having, like, like, how, what was the chance of that? Because first of all, you didn't even live in Bristol yet. But I yeah. remember you came to work. It's like, bro, move it. Like, I think we're neighbors. And then they, yeah. your apartment was literally right next door to mine. <laughs> I was living in hard hitting New Britain. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta get out of New Britain, man. This reminds me too much of home. I gotta, I gotta get back. I gotta get close to work. Stay out of trouble. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So honestly, for me, bro, it was, it was, it was cool because I had been there, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I, I remember my first day of like, this is this is not it. This is not somebody. <laughs> somebody's trying me, and like, I'm not the right person. And like, but at the end of the day, like, you you realize like, nah, you know what? Like, we just got we're got it. We're grinding. We got to grind. Like that. What was the cap program? The cap program was a grind. You know, like if you wanted to stay in studio production, if you wanted to like be a producer, and that was the path you wanted to go, it mm-hmm. it works. But it's a grind, right? And yep. and they put you in different in different test and it makes it hard because you think you're like oh i finally mastered this and it's like nah you, you're moving on to something else so so i got it i understood where that frustration was coming from and so for me it was just like don't you know don't let it let up because you know it's a grind to the point where people leave right people people yeah. are like this isn't for me and i'm done and that's it and they go and i just didn't want to see you go bro yeah well <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> um, and then you know probably about three weeks later four weeks later <laughs> yeah it's about a month honestly it was about a month yeah. as, as a result of that night <laughs> <laughs> I, I i came to you i said bro guess what I, i'm gonna be a dad and you was like you're gonna be a, give me a hug yeah. and i will i will forever remember that bro because like just that moment man like you 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 know you you don't want to tell everybody yet because it's so early but you you know you are we instantly became brothers. And so I had to tell you, you know, like I remember like when my parents came up and you had just moved in and, you know, introduced you to my dad and whatnot, you know, and, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's my boy. I said, like, he lived next door. I said, so it's great. Like, you know, I got somebody who lived next door, whatever, whatever. And it, it was, it was just like, like I said, being able to share that moment with you, man. And, and that, like that, I guess I'll always remember like that embrace, like, man you know and so it was it, we had some good times man 
Yeah, and and honestly, like it goes both ways, right? Like I had some mm-hmm. hard times when I was at ESPN. I had some bad days, and and there's very few people who have my back, right? And and mm-hmm. you were one of them. And I think you know, I thank you every day, bro. Honestly, like it's it's for me, it was like wow, like there are people who like who know, right? Who know me mm-hmm. and and know like I just want to bust my butt and work hard, right? Like I just want to I want to make this dream a reality. And and yeah, so to have you in my corner, to have like people like Mike, right? Mike Opperman, shout out to oh, the operator, Mike. right? <laughs> like it, it, for me, it was just like, wow, like we, we come from a background where we have, we got to support each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, like, it was, it was no doubt that like, like you said, we became brothers instantly. We were, we were, like you said, we, we came home from a 1 a.m. shift and we we're playing Madden and, yeah. and NBA until four o'clock in the morning so we could fall asleep right like mm-hmm. so so there was just things that helped help build that relationship and- even though i'm gonna blame you for the uh <laughs> the 2014 orioles because you know i was coming to work cocky every day every morning and then, and i remember you sitting at the computer just like this the royals are motivated bro the royals are motivated i'm like we, we good we good and i'll be doggone i remember game two watching it with you Adam Jones finally hits a home run in the playoffs. <laughs> His first home run in the playoffs. And then it was like, uh, and then the thing is, all the games was close. And I, I remember asking you, I said, because I, 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 like, game one hurt. And for some reason, because it was like, wait, we could lose? Because, <laughs> like, we, we swept the Tigers. But then I said, yo, how did you deal with 2003? <laughs> yeah, it was heartbreaking, man. It was heartbreaking. Look, I got to ask you this. Did you watch the Jeter doc? Yes. So did it, because you you obviously were both like, well, I mean, they're more y'all rivalry, obviously. Yeah. Did it make you like, you know what? He wasn't that bad of a guy. <laughs> or you still oh. like, no. So, so no. I mean, it goes it goes <laughs> two ways. All right. I, uh, this is hard. It's hard to answer. Uh, uh-huh. So with Jeter, I, I always respect great players. Mm-hmm. No, even if they're my rivals, I always will respect a great player. Jeter was a was a great player. Now, I grew up where Jeter sucks, Yankees suck. Like that's just you don't you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. You don't you don't root for anything Yankee. It's just that's what it is. This documentary really gave us some insight on like the Yankees and and how for me how they felt about two thousand and four. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I wanted to know about. Like. My 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 first reaction to the doc was, oh, I gotta find out what 04 was about and how mm-hmm. much it bothered them. Um and and I loved it, bro. I loved I loved every moment of it. I love I think it got it got very personal towards the end. And mm-hmm. in some of those docs, it could go, it could go sideways, right? It could go like this is just too much. I think yeah. in that one they did a good job of just balancing out the people that were like around the conversations that were being had. Um, so yeah, as a Red Sox fan, I, I loved it. Honestly, I loved it. I, I ate it up. I was like, this is awesome. When he was like, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> life, life. I'll tell you this, man. When I looked at the Brady one, I was like, I'm glad I didn't see this during his heyday. Cause goodness gracious. I, I, I can't say I hate the Patriots no more, but boy, <laughs> Well, you can't hate the Patriots when they're like losing games and and not, not competitive. <laughs> that, that sounds so good. It sounds so good, you know. Because they were... you, you said that twice already, you know. know. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Bruins and the Celtics next, and you're gonna be like, "It sounds so good. It sounds so good." <laughs> oh man, but um, no, nah, because uh, yeah, the Celtics, those 08 Celtics, you know. I'm I'm like, 
Now nah, we had no chance. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you um, got your redemption. You got your yeah. redemption. <laughs> but uh, yeah, back to ESPN. No, when you um, what was like some of your favorite shifts that you got to work on there? Um, because we'll talk about where they dropped their ball at. Thank you for listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You can support this podcast by going on foryourwear.com. Go to personalities and see Brian H. Waters. Well, there you can get breaking through glass ceilings t-shirt or a hoodie, as well as a no ceilings above success t-shirt. Go to foryourwear.com. Make sure you also check out some of the other podcasters and professional wrestlers as well. Yeah, so what was like some of your favorite shifts when you was working at ESPN, like um, you know, doing a rotation? Uh, honestly, you, you're right. I, QC, we didn't know nothing about, but I think it was pretty cool to like scan Sports Center for like advertisements and like, oh, did they hit their promo today? Uh, I, <laughs> I thought I it was know. a good intro. Yeah, to, for me, it was like, oh, okay. Uh, and for me, my favorite was obviously TBU. Uh, man, tease bump. I got to cut the opening mantra to ESPN. I, I got to cut all the outros to the 11 o'clock, 8 o'clock Sports Centers. I mean, I got so much creative freedom on the tease bump unit that, I mean, how could I not love that? And then I also got to work in the talent office. So I got to work mm. with uh, some ESPN talent, Randy Scott, who's still there, uh, Matthew Berry, who's still there, Shimona Relborn. Uh, I just messed up her name. Ramona Shelbourne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got to work with a bunch of people. And I think working in the, in the talent office kind of was like all right like i definitely i could do this i could be i could be a broadcaster i could i could be an on-air talent i got personality i got you know i could put on the voice and you know so so working with the talent was kind of a a good good reminder of where i was as a broadcaster uh and then again the creative freedom for being on the tease bump unit like when you're cutting sports center openings and people are like yo was that was that yours did you cut that and i'm like yeah that was me that was that was dope right and you know I, I I just loved it. I, I love being able to share different sports. I mean, I mixed in judo. I mixed in Brittany Griner dunking. Um, so I just, yeah, anything that I could do to kind of promote different sports is is what that that job specifically allowed me to do. Now, was there a time where you worked with an athlete who played for the Yankees or any of your rival teams? Uh but not, somebody you like, eh, and then you realize you work on like, wow, they're like the nicest person. Like for me, it was Ryan Clark, right? Uh, getting a chance to like meet him a couple of times, and then seeing like, you know, he's the dude that like laid out Ray Rice in the AFC Championship game, and I'm like, my like my cousin's a huge Steelers fan. Why I don't know. He's born and raised in Baltimore. Why would he do that to himself? I don't know. But that night, everything was quiet. And he goes, "Whoa, somebody got knocked out tonight," and that's been like. An ongoing soundbite of the rest of that year. So, you know, but then I meet Ryan Clark. He's like the nicest person. I remember you actually the one who put me through the radar because you was working in the town office and you was like when he had just um started, but he was still um on the um was I think he was with Washington then. And he was like, Ryan Clark is really good. And now look at him, you know. But uh was that did you have any of those moments? Uh, I definitely remember working with Ryan. I was like, wow, he's if he if he polishes up, he's gonna be great. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna be great. And I mean, what he's doing now, I mean, shout out yep. to Ryan Clark. I mean, what, what he's doing now and on his podcast and and even just his messages. He he sends messages when he sends them uh on Sports Center or whatever appearance he's doing, it's it's incredible to see. 
Um, I, my my biggest surprise uh, was probably you know Stuart Scott. I think. Okay. I, I went in thinking that like, man, this is this is a dude about the people. He's gonna help everybody. He's gonna like, I don't know. I just I had this idea, and I had so many bad runnings when I was doing highlights. I and that's probably why I hated doing highlights. Highlights is last on my list, by the way. Highlights. Me was, too. Was just last. It was no bueno. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt like man, I just I really. I, and maybe it was just because I had this idea of who he was on TV, right? And I didn't know the person. Um, but yeah, for me, that was surprising. I think the best person, uh, the best person I worked with has to be Randy Scott. He was funny. He like he just opened up about life, you know. And I think when you're in that position, you forget that, like, you know, as a PA, I'm a person, right? As a as a content yeah. associate, I'm a, I'm a person. Or and so I think I think Randy Scott was really one of the people that was just like. I like our, I can remember our interactions, you know. Mm-hmm. That's how it was with me and Robert Flores, you know. And Rob's a huge wrestling fan, and even to this day, sometimes on Twitter we'll talk, um, you know. But it's always good, like when you can make those relationships. A lot of times, you see people on TV, you think one thing, and you can get either or. Like I think one of the things that people are surprised about when I tell them that I used to see Skip Bayless in the bathroom putting his makeup on, and he would have a conversation all the time. And thank me for watching first take. Like, it's Skip Bayless, you know? So it's like, you never hear me say nothing bad about Skip, you know? But then there's the opposite of that. And I think you remember, mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but I think you remember when we were walking by the ESPNW wing and I took a second to, you know, take in, like, the history. Yeah. And there's two, I won't name them, but there's two anchors who walk <laughs> down and they're like, nobody care about women's sports. Literally. Wow. Loud enough for us to hear them and walk and just walk by like it's nothing. And and I think honestly, bro, from that moment on, I was like, I'm gonna put women's sports in everything I do. And mm-hmm. I, I, I pretty much did. <laughs> That's it's crazy. I honestly forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow, man. Now, I always said this. They dropped the ball because here you had Luis Sanchez, who knows women's sports who's passionate about women's sports what advice would you give the people that maybe is there anything you think you could have done more of to like you know make more noise for them to put you in the women's sports division man i did everything at espn Hmm. to get over to espnw i met with executives i i sent emails uh and then I tried to show it in what I was doing, right? Like, I think you remember there was, a, uh, there was a Notre Dame women's basketball highlight and nobody was using telestrations on women's sports, right? Like, it was just like, do this 30-second highlight. So I was like, I got 30 seconds. I'm going to add some, I'm going to add as much of the fun stuff that I can that I would on a normal highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just tried. I Honestly, I, I met with as many people as I could. And for me, I guess, you know, they wanted to keep me in in kind of the line of like, the cap program and and staying with like the growth of like being a PA to a content associate to an AP. Um, for me, I just, I wanted to promote it. And even now you think about, I know we'll talk about my W, but we're still what, eight years after working at ESPN, nine years after working at ESPN, and we're still in the same spot with ESPNW. You know, mm-hmm. I think I, and this is for anybody, this is for any network who wants to take it at this point, do it and do it right. ESPNW could be a women's sports network, right? It could it could literally be ESPNU. It could be ESPN2. 
but you're just predominantly showing women's sports. And then you have shows that are catered to the women's audience, right? Whether it's, you know, athletic, athletic based or fitness based or food and health based. There's a whole industry out there that's untapped. And, Mm -hmm. and I just don't, for me, it's still, it's still mind blowing that like, nobody wants to do that. We're, we're talking about investigations into sexual assault and how bad people are. Okay. There are bad people everywhere. Let's invest. Let's, let's invest in the sport and stop. Just stop making it so that people won't invest. Right. There's Mm -hmm. so much negativity on, you know, Oh, there's fighting. You know, the highlights you'll see is there's fighting, right. There's fighting in a women's sport sporting event um you'll see a lot of bad news surrounding women's sports but there's not a lot of publicity on like hey this person volunteers in the off season and helps kids with cancer or this person blake bolden who was a bc grad and played in the nwhl and cwhl she is she's a pioneer and people don't know her because there's not enough attention out there on her but she is Mm -hmm. such a pioneer for the game um, one of my great colleagues who I got to work with at, at my W sports, Erica Ayala, she, you know, she, she was a fan turned into like, I want to, be- I want to become the biggest voice and advocate for women's sports. And she's doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, it's just, it's, it's a shame that Fox, NBC, ESPN, all these big networks haven't said, Hey, why don't we just show more women's sports on the network? You know, put it on TV more tell more stories. Uh, I think that would be, I, I think it would be amazing when we get there, but I, I just, I am so, I don't know, flabbergasted by the fact that we're still not there yet. We're still, we're still trying to promote teams and promote leagues. And I just think about how far these, you know, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, it took time, but at a certain point people were giving them coverage, you know, at a certain mm-hmm. point the media bought in and said, this is entertaining. Um, so I just, I'm hoping for that day. Cause you know, for me, I'm, I promote as much as I can, but I'm a small voice in a big pond. And until, until some people with some good money and, and some resources can, can pull it off. I think we're just going to sit there and be waiting for it. Yeah, man. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I definitely appreciate all the work that you do, you know, cause again, it's not easy. And, you know, before we get into, uh, my W, we got to talk some baseball, you know, and, and basketball <laughs> when we, when we, you know, when we was, uh, uh, you know, the ESPN, um, uh, shoot, what's they called? The intramural leagues, man. Yeah. You know, we, we was on the same basketball team, won the championship, but then the baseball, <laughs> we ended up on opposite team. Well, we was on the same team. Yeah. Then you jumped ship before the season started. I did. I did. And then later on, I saw why you jumped ship. Because yeah. <laughs> I you, jumped ship the next year. You should have. Yeah. But I remember I gave up a home run to you. <laughs> no, I was playing catcher and I watched you hit the home run. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but yo, those are some good times, man. I think the cool thing about ESPN was it did have stuff like that, right? Like mm-hmm. when we say it's kind of a college field, that's kind of what we mean is there's there's things to do with people you work with, but there's also times to like hang out outside of work or meet people outside of work. And I mean, basketball for me was a little too early. I, I was not in shape enough <laughs> when I was down in Bristol. Uh, I wasn't I think, either. I, I, I want a rematch. <laughs> yeah, college college definitely caught up with me when I was down in Bristol. But but baseball was fun. I mean, softball was fun because we, we literally played with anchors and producers and mm-hmm. talent and janitors. It was like it was everybody at ESPN who wanted to play had an opportunity to play. And I think yeah. 
that was for me that was the coolest part i don't know if you remember but the tournament we went to with rochi um that, i wasn't there but i heard about uh, it okay that for me was like the icing on the cake was just okay. like man like we we get to travel around connecticut and play tournaments now too like wow. this is this is kind of cool so so yeah, I think softball was was a lot of fun. Um, and I still remember because you were upset because they turned yours into a double. Yours was a ground rule double when you hit it. I yeah, I knew you forgot. You didn't want me to mention that, but, <laughs> but B dub B dub comes up the very next inning or whatever, two innings. Because what later. it was, it was a two home two home run rule. Yeah, it was once you hit a couple of home runs in the inning, you couldn't hit any more. So yeah, because they yeah. they claimed the field was too short. Yeah, they claimed it, but we, we I mean my, mine still had distance. Mine still had distance. Yours did. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I was so mad because I had been trying the whole season. I remember. And, I remember. And, and I had been a while since I had like really played. So you know I had to get back in the rhythm. You know, went to the cages a couple of times. But man, when I saw that and I was like, oh, it's gone. And you know, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh man, yeah. I, I, it's like gotta stop in second. It I was remember. literally in between first and second. You saw it hit you. <laughs> you, saw, <laughs> you saw it. was like, oh right, right. I couldn't was, even try it, man. Yeah. I couldn't even try it. It was <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was great. I still remember that day, man. Like it was yesterday. I still I still feel like I could picture the park. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, let's move on, man. You um you you leave ESPN. You really jump into going full force with my W. Um, when did you know, like, all right, now is the time to put over these women's sports? Like, you know, obviously people talk about it, but you was you was being about it. So when did you like when did the light bulb go off and to, like really put together the structure? Yeah, so I had started my W back in like 2013. It was okay. like right, right before. I got the job at ESPN because I didn't know I was going to work at ESPN, right? So mm-hmm. I had just graduated from college. I was doing a year of service. I was still bro- I was broadcasting. And I wanted to, you know, wanted to do something for my free time. So I had the idea back in 2013. Um, I then got the job at ESPN. So I put all that on hold. And then it was, you know, right when we were at, at ESPNW and uh, these two anchors just walked by and it reminded me like, man, no matter how hard I'm working here, it's not it's not going to get seen, you know? And like, you know, bro, like I was out here emailing people, trying to meet with them just to promote women's sports on my free time. Not even when I was at work, just like, Hey, like if you need an extra hand here, if you need somebody to work on a highlight, when I got free time, I'll do it. Like I just, that's all I wanted to do is promote the games, right? Whether it was basketball, hockey, football, there's so many women's sports that people just don't know exist. Like, uh, so so 2015 comes around and I have an opportunity to just be like, Hey, I've saved up enough money. I've put in my time at ESPN. I, I don't want to be a producer, right? Like that, that's the path I was on. It was to, to be a, a producer. And I didn't, I, I didn't want to be stuck in a studio. I didn't want to be stuck in a control room. I wanted to either be the talent on there or somebody who did something a little bigger with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it was it was an easy choice to just be like, I got some money saved up. Let me move back home. Let me just kind of pick up the pieces and and see what what I can do. And I quickly got almost every league I reached out to from the National Pro Fast Pitch to the NWSL to the CWHL. Um, the NWHL was just getting started. And, you know, I went out to their training camps. I was interviewing players. Uh, I, I reached out to them to be a broadcaster. 
anything I could do in 2015 to kind of get news out there. I started writing, even though I'm not a writer. I hate I hate looking back at those articles. I'm like, man, that's grammatically. Yeah, it's not it's not grammatically correct. You know, like I'm just I'm out here just recapping like I'm a fan. You know, so, <laughs> so that's when I ended up getting some help though, and um, because I was putting in the work, people saw people saw the dedication, and so I told you about Erica, and I had another another good friend, Kyle Westcott. He uh, he just saw mm. me kind of writing about basketball, and he was like, "Hey, like I could help you out with UConn Husky stuff, you know? Like I, I could talk about women's basketball." And I was like, "Bet, I need a basketball writer." Um, couple, you know, maybe like a month or so later, Erica jumps on and she's like, Hey, I'm a fan. I, I want to cover some of the hockey. I've been to a hockey game. Like I'll do some soccer. And she did a lot of good features. So I, I had built, you know, a team of three of us and we had some, some good support from, from the following. And for about two and a half years, we did it. We did it, man. We, we were going to events. We were, we were helping promote women's sports. We literally, we did everything. We did hockey, basketball, football. We did Olympic sports. We we had interviews on Wednesdays. We had profiles on Tuesdays. Uh, we would give you like historical facts on Mondays and motivational quotes. It was just like we we tried to do as much as we can to put women's sports out there. And um, and during that time, there was another another kind of uh, website that was getting started. It was called Excel Sports, mm-hmm. and this this was run by women. This was run by former executives in women's sports, uh, and they wanted to do the same thing we were doing. So. Uh, I think after a while, it became evident that uh, they were trying to poach Kyle and Erica from from my W. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, like I, I, I took offense to it, to be honest. I'm not even gonna lie about that. I took offense. I was like, dang, like, you know, here we are trying to do good. And instead of like working together, people are just trying to like, take take writers and just be like, hey, like, we'll pay you more. We'll We'll do this. And you could go here. And it's just like, Man, I busted my butt. You know, we busted my, we busted our butts for two and a half years, and so it, it stunk. It stunk, but uh, we kind of like let it dissipate. And by like 2017, 2018, uh, yeah, about 2017, we just kind of we just let it go away, and and my uh, my W no longer exists. But <clears throat> excuse me, um, but yeah, I think I think now you see more and more people writing about women's sports whether it's, you know, like I said, the scandals or the incidents. And even now you'll see more, more features on athletes, especially like on some of these magazines and on these, like uh, on ESPN and ABC mm-hmm. and uh, Fox sports. So I think we're, we're definitely moving in a better direction when it comes to covering women's sports in the right light. Um, I just, again, I just go back to there, there could be so much more done with the endless amount of funds that there are in sports Exactly. Um, I just think that if you turn on a, you know, a TV, if you turn on ESPN one day and they're showing cornhole and you don't want to watch cornhole and there's a top two softball team playing and you can't watch it anywhere, but ESPN plus, why not just put it on a network that people who have cable or packages or whatever can just watch it. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe you charge a little bit less. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like it's more money in your pocket if you're promoting the sport. I don't it's for me, it's just I don't get it, you know? Right. Um, so so yeah, I think like I said, one day we'll we'll hopefully eventually get there. Maybe one day I'll hit the lottery and and I'll just start it myself. But um, but I you know, I'm I'm always gonna be a proponent of the game. I'm always gonna be a proponent of the athletes. Um, I mean, we we spoke to so many athletes when we did those interviews, and it was just like 
the, the one thing that was always common was, man, we wish more people could put eyes on this, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that's all it takes. Honestly, B-Dub, all it takes is more eyes on that sport. Somebody to be like, wow, I want to be like this person. Oh, wow, man, I, I got I got a couple mil that I can spend on owning a team and funding a team and and getting a team, a WNBA team to Boston. Right. Like, why not? Right. Like grow the sport, allow more people to see the sport. And and I promise you, the the funds that people say aren't there, they'll show up. They'll show up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that <clears throat> excuse me, I remember was when um I was working with Fox Sports and we uh, brought in Coach Ashley Emerson, who's she was in the uh, Portland area. And when you know we put the ad out there looking for video editors, whatever, whatever, and she's like, "Man, one of the best video editors I've ever seen." <laughs> And like her resume, like literally her resume was designed like an NFL playbook of all her skill set. And I was like, wow, this is dope. And she told me, she's like, oh, yeah, I play women's football. And I said, well, you heard of my W. So on the phone, she gets online. Oh, wow. They cover us. And just like, I, I wish you could have been on the phone <laughs> to hear it because I can't even like I remember telling you, but I couldn't do it justice, bro. Like the fact like, you know, me, I'm excited because I know you. And the fact that she saw your baby covering something that she does and like I could hear the light bulb and the excitement go off. So, you know, and, and I was just like, when I was like, man, your work is not in vain. Like, I still remember where I was sitting when she had that reaction to my W covering her football team. I think that's honestly what was the best part, right? It's mm-hmm. like when we we'd finish an interview and then we'd post it and then the player would be like, Hey, that was dope. Or the coach would be like, yo, that was sick. That was a great interview. Um, Erica used to do this thing where she would like ask like random questions at the end of an interview. And it would be like, we, we'd have a little more fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it, just the coverage itself, right? Like my W led to me having a contract with the Boston Renegades. Now women's professional team here in Boston that plays football, they're seven time champs, three time defending champs, you know, like I, I would have never known about, being able to go cover women's football or cover soccer or anything like that, if it weren't for being able to see it at a young age. And that's why it's so important to get it out there because the more people see it, the more they'll be like, Oh, I, this is cool. I know this, you know, or, Oh, I could go do this and I can go promote this. I can invest in this. And I think that's so important. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now looking forward, man, you look at like, you know, all the cool stuff you've been able to do. Now, you know, you're broadcasting. And, but one of the things, like, we know, like, youth development has been something you've been passionate about, for people who don't know. Talk about what it was like to be able to go into these schools and make a difference. Yeah. Ah, man. If I could be a dean and be a full-time broadcaster at the same time, I would. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would, man. I would, because it's, it's such... Being a dean is is such a frustrating but rewarding profession because you deal with kids at their most vulnerable at points, mm-hmm. um, but you also get to kind of guide them into into a into a path that's like, hey, you can learn from this, right? It's not it's not the end all be all. One moment doesn't define you. One action doesn't define you. Who you are is is not based on what people talk about, right, or what they post on Snapchat. It's it's who you want to be, and I think. I mean, especially with teenagers, right? Especially where we grew up and, and in the environments we grew up, it's such an important 
role to play, especially as a person of color, right? Like we don't see a lot of people like us who come back and work in schools and say, Hey, like you could go do this and you can, you can make it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So it allowed me to kind of relate to the kids in a way that was like, Hey, like I, I grew up on the block, you know, like I know, I know what it's like to sit there and not have a home to go to and sleep at a park bench and, you know, like just, just not have anything. And to, to work hard, to, to say, hey, you know what, like, I'm, I could do this, I can make it, whatever it is, whether it's military, school, trade, uh, starting a business, it, it's really one of the most rewarding things you could do as a person is just see the light bulb go off in a, in a young adult and be like, oh, he's got it, or oh, she's got it, they're gonna, they got this, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, being able to start at my old charter school was a blessing. Uh, unfortunately I got sick towards the end of my time there with, uh, with my Crohn's and I had to like leave a little bit early, but a blessing in disguise that led me to be the head Dean at a founding, you know, at a new charter school that was getting started. And I got to implement the discipline system there and, uh, that school's flourishing now. And, uh, you know, I was really excited to do that. So, so yeah, working in a school, I mean, educators, principals, anybody who works in a school is listening to this. You are very, very much appreciated. You are valued. You deserve to be paid more than whatever you're being paid now. Uh, and as a as a dean, as a former administrator, I appreciate you guys because you guys are at the front line. So, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you know, before we get out of here, man, just talk about what's been like your most rewarding thing being, you know, a broadcaster. Especially like you've come full circle because you're broadcasting on ESPN. You know, a place that you know you worked at as a production assistant. Oh, remember they said you don't go from. PA to on air. To on air, yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah. I like. Uh, I like. Uh, I, oh man, I, I like to think that I, I I broke that. I broke that a long time ago. So, ah mm -hmm. uh, man, broadcasting. I've been doing it ten years now, Brian. Uh, as a professional, fourteen years in total. Uh, four mm -hmm. years of undergrad and and ever since I left. So, it has been the most rewarding thing that I've done. Um. It, it makes me happy. I love sports. I get to talk to people. I mean, I, I do a lot of women's sports. I get to talk to people who appreciate the coverage, mm -hmm. um, who, you know, I go in and I'm asking questions about the history. I'm asking about series. I'm talking about players from, you know, from before. And they know, they know that I do my research and they know that, you know, this is, this is not easy to, you know, sit there and, and try to promote things that you don't have a lot of resources for. Um, so for me, it's been it's been awesome to to sit there and see that I'm on ESPN. For us locally, it's Nesson New England Sports Network. So um, we're up here, you know, and I got friends texting me when they see, oh, yo, you're on Nesson tonight? Yeah, what? Uh, and I still get pictures. And I, I think it's just, it's so cool to, like I said, be a kid from inner city Boston mm -hmm. and have an opportunity to to be on air, to be on TV. Obviously, the dream is to, you know, to cover one of these professional teams one day. Um, but for me, it's, you know, I've been able to broadcast games at AT&T Park in San Francisco, Gillette Stadium here in Massachusetts. Uh, I even got to broadcast hockey at Fenway Park, you know, like uh, from working at Fenway Park to broadcasting at Fenway Park. It, it's a dream come true. And, and, you know, every day I do this work and I'm, I'm always so grateful because you never know, right? You never know when you're going to go. You never know if my voice is going to go, you know, you just... You can't, life is the most unpredictable thing in life, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm just grateful. I take it day by day. Um, today, I just had two calls with, with amazing coaches for women's hockey. I got, 
you know, a women's hockey game on Friday. And then Friday night, I'm going to go do field hockey. And then on Saturday, I got a women's soccer game. And then following that, I got men's soccer game. So, um, you know, four games this weekend. I want, I want games every day. You know, if anybody's mm-hmm. hiring, I want, I want to be able to broadcast games. And um, I know I look different. I know I sound different. I do it differently. But I have fun. I'm knowledgeable. Um, I, I just I make sure that I'm authentic. And I think to be real B-Dub, I think that's been the hardest thing as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. is uh you know you, you want to compare yourself with with so many people but you also get stuck i at least i get i got stuck in this like oh i gotta be them right yeah i gotta sound a certain way and i gotta i gotta look a certain way and and i think at a, at a certain point i just realized like no i'm me right mm-hmm. like I, i've gotten to this point i've gotten this far because i've been myself and i just have fun and um, so that's the goal, man. I've, I've, I've been honored to cover Boston college for 14 years. I just signed a contract with Harvard university and I've been broadcasting with them since last spring. Um, and it's just been, it's been fun. It's been surreal and I hope it continues. Yeah, man. One thing I want to bring up too, I, mean, I don't know if you remember this, but because of you, I started wearing earrings in the boardroom <laughs> <laughs> because yes. I, remember, I remember, um, you know, the thing about Luis, man, you would come to work every day. Didn't matter if it was Friday or Saturday. Every day in a shirt and tie. Yeah. And, and you had the coolest ties. And you made sure, like, you you looked apart. And the thing was, is I was like, oh, you, and we had just, you know, one of the real brother-to-brother conversations when nobody else was around. I was like, so I said, I wear earrings, but I don't, I didn't know if I should wear them to work. And he was like, look, man, you know, I, I, I thought about it that way, but, you know, had to be myself yeah. and i was like you're right and ever since then no matter where i'm at you know if i got a pair i'm, I'm gonna have my earrings <laughs> i think i think the thing that we learned as we got older is the size of the earring got smaller right like, we're, not, <laughs> yeah. we're not rocking diamonds that are hanging right yeah uh, but but no and i think you know even now i go to my broadcast i got i mean obviously i got earmuffs on when i'm doing my broadcast yeah like, that, that hurts <laughs> rocking it you know and mm-hmm. um for me it's it's like it's like you said it's it's about being authentic and if you if you want to be you to your best ability then you being you 100 is the only way you're going to be the best of your ability you know um, exactly so i think i think you know one of the things that i appreciate you for is is we have always kept each other humble right we've yeah. always we've always acknowledged that we worked extremely hard to get to where we've gotten to um and it's important it's important to have those conversations and to acknowledge that with your friends and be like man i'm proud of you i love you bro like this is this is dope i finally got onto breaking through glass ceilings with b-dub <laughs> and, uh it's 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 awesome bro and i see you shining and i think that's 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 so great for you and i'm just proud of you man i think i think you're doing amazing work out here too i appreciate it brother man you know it's been a um you know, it's been a journey and, and, and we're not done yet by no means, you know, it's so much. Um, but I got to ask you this before we get out of here, man. I always ask everybody this question. When did you break through the glass ceiling? When you look back at your career and you look at everything you've done, when did you realize like you were living in your purpose and you were like, I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I'm doing. Honestly, more recently. Uh, okay. It was definitely, definitely more recently. I think for a long time in my life, I thought I had a certain path and I had to, I had to go through that path, right? Like mm-hmm. there was a certain road that I had to take and I couldn't veer off that road. Uh, you learn that life is about bumps and bruises and you got to get up and keep going and pushing forward. 
so for me, it was like I said, you know, I had this idea that I had to be somebody else. I had to be like a certain broadcaster. I had to be a certain person. Um, and I lost my thought, my authentic self. I lost who who I was originally and who how prideful I was and how happy mm-hmm. I was. And um, I think just having an opportunity to 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 sign that contract with Harvard knowing that, you know, for 10 years, I've been at one place doing games for one institution. Uh, and when I got out there and I interviewed for jobs, a lot of people were like, oh, I know you. Oh, oh yeah, I, I've heard you before. And so I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't just hiding in a shadow. I was, I had a name out there and, and people knew me and uh, I just got to embrace that. And I continue to embrace that now. And, and just kind of, like I said, just be me and, and have fun doing, doing the games that I'm doing. And uh, so yeah, I think it was probably uh, probably more recently after the pandemic. Probably during the pandemic it started, uh, mm-hmm. but but definitely after the pandemic when I got that contract with with Harvard University, it was like, all right, uh, Lou, you a beast. You you could do this, you know. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let the people know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Lewis underscore my W. Also, uh, Sanchez on sports. You know, you can find some some random tweets and stuff out, out there on Sanchez on sports. But, yeah, you can tune into any Boston College or, or Harvard Athletic, uh, usually any of their women's hockey, football, lacrosse, anything like that. You can catch me on those games. Uh, I usually put out a schedule on my Twitter, so uh, you can find that out there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to cover games this year. It's kind of season's just getting underway, so – Broadcast season just uh, just getting started, so we're excited. Man, I am proud of you, bro. I appreciate you. Uh, this been like I said, it's been a long time coming. Life <laughs> been taking us all over, but I'm glad we finally here. I'm glad people finally gonna get a chance to hear this conversation, especially people who need a little bit of inspiration or you know who just want to hear some good stories. So you know, I'm glad they're able to do that. Also, want to thank you for purchasing a shirt on foyerwear.com. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I hope I did that right. You know, I, that wasn't even a, a built-in ad. I just no, I thank look, you. <laughs> hey, I, I saw that. I saw the shirt, and I was like, "Ooh, that's nice." And oh, and, man, I appreciate you know, that. You know me in colors, so when I saw when yeah. I saw like bright colors, I'm like, "Oh, I love that!" Like I need <laughs> me one of those. So, uh, I mean, yo, shout out to for your uh, for your wear, right? Yo, they're mm-hmm. awesome. The quality was awesome. The uh, was it the shipping was was quick. I thought I was gonna have to wait like a year. You know, sometimes. <laughs> Especially during the pandemic, you had to wait yeah. like a long time for merchandise. Uh, so no, that was uh, that was awesome, and so I, I appreciate it, and I I'll rock more merch. I, I know it's hoodie season, so <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Blue Man, Blue Magic Grind. He was also here on Breaking Through Glass Ceilings uh, uh, last year. It's funny because like I met Blue. He's the co-host of the Mixed Tag Show, it's a wrestling podcast. Shout out to him and Jenna. And when we recorded his episode. It was like right after we had just finished, Big E had cashed in his money in the bank to win the WWE Championship. <laughs> so it's like I'm interviewing him, and now history is being made because we're getting a fourth black, yeah, fourth black WWE champion right in front of like our eyes. Like he was like, you Big E's cashing it. in. I was That's like, crazy. oh wait, turn this on. <laughs> so it, it was just like that was just like a moment, like wow, you know. But uh, man, I definitely appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, do not let anybody place a ceiling above your success. So long, everybody.